0: Children's Church can go ahead and make their way out, and um, we'll give a few minutes here Mr. Glenn's blood pressure just seemed a little out of whack, so we'll uh, let them tend to him. Let's take a few minutes here and um, let's go back to the Lord in prayer as He'll uh, take care of what needs to happen over here. We need to intercede. and um, Let's look to the Lord in, in prayer. Father, you're fully aware of every circumstance, every situation. Nothing comes uh, into... Our lives apart from you goes across your desk, and um, Lord, uh, at Community Baptist Church, we are grateful for our family of believers who pray for one another, help one another, care for one another, and we're seeing it tangibly even now in this moment. And Lord, I'm grateful for your grace. I'm grateful for the love of the saints and the help of. Uh, one another, and the prayers for one another. And so collectively, we, we just pray. We pray for our brother. Uh, you know, being the ultimate physician, what his greatest need right now is. And so all we do is, all we can do, and that is pray. Pray on his behalf. I ask that you will just direct, give wisdom here, uh, Lord, uh, just to tend to uh, his, his physical need in this moment. And then, Lord, as we look to your word this morning, collectively, as a group of believers, let this serve to all of us of the importance of us getting a check on our spiritual need. What is our spiritual need this morning? And so, Lord, before you, even now in this moment in time of prayer, uh, we ask that you will search our hearts you will bring conviction where it's needed. You will help us to see the, um, the greatest need in our life, uh, spiritually speaking. And so, Father, I, I pray that um, You will help us in this and that You will make known Your truth and help us to heed what You would have us to do. So, Lord, help us now as we look to You in many situations, physical and spiritual. And may your will be done. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in the name above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Continue to keep Glenn in prayer throughout the day and we'll keep you updated on that. So, Thank you, ladies. Man, for that for the help. If you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and go to Jeremiah chapter two. Um, for those of you who were here last week, this is as far as we made it last week. So y'all, some of you are probably still sitting there holding your Bible open for cha- chapter two, maybe not. And you'll notice I did something a little different here. You can actually see the letters. The letters now. We're, we're figuring these things out. I appreciate the. Uh, Audio, video, technology department, doing a lot of work, getting things ready, up and running. I got to see a sneak preview this week. I'm getting a little excited about it. A sneak preview this week of what's to come. I have actually seen a live Roku channel that features Community Baptist Church. Now it's a sample run. It's not yet public but uh, we were able to to test run our first opportunity this week, and it worked. So keep praying for that because our goal, visionary goal for this year in the audio-video department is that we will be up and running soon and have a public channel on a Roku device that will enable you um, to be able to view from your house on those Sundays you can't get here. Now that's not an excuse not to get here. Don't. (laughs) Well, I watched it at home, preacher. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, we need you here if you can be here. But I realize for some of you, health reasons, you can't always. So we're looking forward to providing that ministry. And so for our widows, it's in the budget to actually get them a device for their television to be able to help them in working this. And we'll send out somebody to show you how to work it. So even when you can't be here, you can be here. So exciting things happening there. We're looking looking forward to that. Uh, As was mentioned earlier, it is a good day here, it's an exciting day, Um, and uh, having the deck family finally arriving safely, and uh, looking so forward to what God's going to do with you guys and through you guys, Um, and so uh, we are are anticipating uh, what the Lord has in store for us, and it's good to have you all with us, and so love on this family. The first opportunity you'll hear Nate, Lord willing, next week, uh, he'll be bringing the message, at the Super Bowl outreach, and so uh, plan on being here for that. It'll be a good opportunity. 3.30 is the football game, co-ed, and then we have the food uh, around 5.30. Have your food here. We'll do the eating around 6, somewhere thereabouts, and then immediately after the food, we'll actually go ahead and do the message, and um, for those who want to stay late, we'll have the the game on, and um, we have some other things. We have our own commercials, all right? Zach has been working hard on some commercials for you. And if you've seen any of Zach's YouTube or Facebook videos, we know this is going to be a lot of fun. All right? And uh, appreciate, appreciate Zach putting in some work on that. Guys, we've got opportunity before us. We start this year off, and as you know, yearly, what we do in January, pastor goes through kind of a series of topical sermons. And so we've been doing some topical sermons. This is, Lord willing, the last in the topical series. And we shall, Lord willing, return next Sunday to the book of Hebrews. So we've been out of the book of Hebrews for a while. We're going to get back into it. So if you want to go back and reread, get back in there, that would be wonderful. And we look forward to that happening uh, next Sunday. But in the meantime, we close out our topical series. With a message called broken cisterns broken cisterns and this comes directly from a passage found in Jeremiah chapter 2 and let's look at verses 11 through 13 if you need a Bible Bibles are on the pew in front of you please grab one of those and follow along Jeremiah chapter 2 verses 11 through 13 Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished, O heavens! Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now... Obviously, we're not in the book of Jeremiah. Had we been, you would have had already about a a 10-month part series on the history of the book of Jeremiah. So I'm not going to spend time giving you a whole lot in the way of this, hence the topical. But let me just say this, the people of Israel had, as we know through the Old Testament, the ups and downs of, of following after the Lord and not following after the Lord. In fact, in my quiet time, for those of you who are in the Word of Life and you're keeping up and you're reading and doing your quiet times. We've been in the book of Numbers and uh, a lot of the history after the coming out of the Exodus. And I tell you, it's been really interesting how God, in, in, in just my life personally, some of the common threads that I've been seeing, not only through that quiet time, through some of the devotionals that have been shared out here in the gym during basketball season, And now, led to this passage, I think uh, there are some things that have been burning on my heart that I feel as your shepherd, I need to lead you in. And one of the things in Numbers I've been seeing is How, and you'll recall the story of when the Israelites were let out and and they came to the promised land and the 12 spies go in and they said, 10 of them said, we can't do this, there's no way. Two of them said, yes, we can. Caleb, Joshua, they can, we can. The rest of them said, we can't. And the people deeply mourned and wished they could go back to Egypt, wish they'd never gone out. Uh, God says... 40 years you'll wander in the desert. Your carcasses will lay in the desert and you will not see the promise. Not only Joshua and Caleb shall go in because they were faithful. They believed. The rest of you doubted. And then they wanted to. Oh, well, now we'll go. We'll get it now. Leah, We're ready. The next morning, if you read the text, they're, they're ready to go in now. They're ready to storm it with a squirt gun too late. Now you're really making it worse. And then you see the attacks constantly upon the leadership. Criticisms, critiques, murmurings, complainings. And just about the time the preacher is saying, yeah, I can understand that, amen, then I get hit with Moses and Aaron's disobedience. Speak to the rock. And instead, he disobeys, strikes the rock. And you know, Moses was not allowed to enter the promised land. Lessons for us. Leadership. The people of God. The devotionals out at the basketball games have been excellent. For those of you who have been paying attention. And some of these common ideas that we'll find here have been reiterated. We've been looking at passages and uh, uh, one of the things that actually led me to this, Tiago did a good message the other week on some of the things that that will be looked at here um, on addressing our passions and passions of our heart. Dr. Shook, I know has challenged our Sunday night group and the reading of five chapters in the book of James. And some of you have taken that up. And again, James hits on a lot of the things that we need to be reminded of. And if time allows, we may see a few of those this morning. So why this message? Why this this text this morning? We have looked at several things, making of disciples this year, 2017. You've been challenged, each one reach one. The idea of us getting out of the pew and going to the people. And I hope it's something that you are sincerely praying about. Who is the family that God wants you to connect with? We talked about giving as we do. And you were left with a challenge to be crazy givers. I hope you've had some opportunity to be some hilarious givers, some crazy givers. It was interesting. Sue challenged the teens last week on this idea of random kindness. Teens, I hope you've done your act of random kindness. You still got time before we meet tonight. So there's a lot of things that I feel like the Lord is preparing Community Baptist Church for. And in this closing topical message, I want to leave us with one last opportunity, a sort of a hoorah moment, and let's go out and let's do God's work. Let's get refocused. Let's get reset because, gang, it's time to reset the button. We don't want to be the 40 year wanderers in the desert. And let's just be honest. Sometimes we need a reset, don't we? We all drift. And we're warned in the New Testament when the New Testament tells us in Corinthians about looking back at the people of of the Old Testament as our example. And this is why when we look at this text this morning, we're looking back at an example for us. When we look back at God's people there, the New Testament, we're warned that we need to heed that example and then it makes this admonition lest we think ah those guys it warns us take heed lest ye fall guys we're in this together we're the people of God whether we're the followers or whether we're the leaders whether just like in the Old Testament your Moses or Aaron Jacob or Joshua or those wandering in the desert. We all are called God's people and we have a responsibility before a holy God to hear and to heed. So instead of us thinking this message only applies to them, may God shine His light upon the recesses of our heart and have His way with us so that we as God's people can march out of here collectively together to do God's will in a way that brings God glory. Broken cisterns. So, there's a story written. It tells about a United Press release that was in a Midwestern city, not told which city, but it it spoke of a hospital where officials had discovered that the firefighting equipment had never been been connected in the building. For 35 years, it had been relied upon for the safety of the patients in case of emergency. But it had never been attached to the city's water main. The pipe that led from the building extended four feet underground, and there it stopped. The medical staff and the patients had felt complete confidence in the system. They thought that if a blaze broke out, they could depend on a nearby hose to extinguish it. But theirs was a false security. Although the costly equipment with its polished valves and well-placed outlets was adequate for the building, it lacked the most important thing, water. I wonder how often in pews and churches and pulpits across America, there are many who feel a sense of false security. And the reality is they're not connected to the source of living water. And that's the problem here in uh, this time period in in this book of Jeremiah. Here were God's people. They had, uh, again, seen the ups and downs of bad kings and good kings. Josiah, at this point, is king, and he's probably around the age of 21. He started reigning at age 8. Jeremiah is probably about 20. And you recall, Jeremiah was sort of saying, I'm too young, I, I, I can't do this. God said, basically, look, I made your tongue? Don't say that. And this is basically Jeremiah's first sermon to the people. And this is what he says. Has a nation, changes God, which are not God's, but my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. And he says, my people have committed two evils. What are the two evils? One, they've forsaken me. God says through his prophet, the fountain of living waters. They have forsaken me, says God. And the second thing, they've hooned themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, guys, you'll be glad to know I got a new clicker. Look at that thing. It lights up like Christmas, don't it? We know what you needed. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yes, indeed. I might just set that on my desk at Christmas time. It'll be like a little Christmas tree. Yes, it does. So now we know it's operator error if it doesn't, right? Okay. Now this picture doesn't really do it justice, guys, um, because the reality is a cistern was this oftentimes a hole dug out in the ground. And a lot of times this type of rock or plaster, if you will, a feeling. And it was, it was to be a holding place for water in areas that didn't have water sources. So for a lot of these people, especially in this dry land, they would make their way to the river or to wherever the water source was, a well, whatever the case, and they would fill up containers and they would bring them to the cisterns and they would put water in that. And it seems like a good idea. Hey, a water source nearby so I don't have to trek back and forth and they draw from that and that's where they might get their water for food, for cooking, for cleaning, whatever the case. The problem was... These things had holes in them. Oftentimes, they would seep down into the earth. And so, what seemed like a good idea really wasn't a good idea. A lot of times it would grow stagnant. And what was supposed to be a source of life Could sometimes become contaminated and become a source of death. So, with that in mind, let's think practically today, church. What does it mean when a man forsakes God and begins to dig out a cistern? Because God is wanting his people in the Old Testament here, the Israelites, to know through the prophet Jeremiah, what these two evils, and God calls it what it is, He calls it evil. We don't want to call it evil, do we? God calls it evil. So what does it mean when a man forsakes God and begins to to dig out a cistern? Well, let me say this. Every man has to worship something. Don't let anybody fool you. Every person is created with worship in mind. They worship. Everybody worships. It's part of their being and the question is what is the object of their worship for some it's the pursuit of happiness for some it's money the love of money for some it's false gods and we, we oftentimes when it comes to the idea of idolatry that's what we immediately think of we don't consider you know in America a lot of idolatry and we don't consider, you know, idolatry, uh, 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 you know, well, we do think of the idolatry down the road, but that's not what I'm talking about. They worship what their heart is set on. And for some, it's false religion. For some, and I think, I think America's false god, hear me loud and clear, I think our false god in America is materialism. I mean, think about it. We all pursue it. Bigger houses, better cars, greater clothing, retirements, accounts. I mean, think about all, think about what, what the commercials are all about. Material things, guys, we pursue material things. We do. Let's just be honest. We pursue material things. But let's also be honest. They're broken cisterns. They do not satisfy. That's why we want more. When we get more, we want more. And it's vanity. It's all vanity. It's fleeting. It's never satisfying. It wasn't intended to satisfy. But yet we keep pursuing it. You know, again, we we see this picture and we say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's idolatry. That's idolatry. Yeah, we don't do that. Do you know, and and don't take my word for it, go back and read the account in Exodus. They made an image to represent the God that led them out. And this is what they come up with. This is why the second command, you know, talks about no graven image. Right? Thou shalt not worship in any other gods before me. The first two commandments, we again, we think this way. We think kind of narrow and shallow when we think about it. But what we really need to be thinking about is, and it's the case oftentimes, we create God in our image. We we kind of say, Well, okay, well, you know, I think, I think, there you go, I think God's like this. Well, I've just brought God down to my level. Well, I don't think God would ever send somebody to hell. I I don't think a loving God will do that. We hear that all the time. That's a breach of God's command, which is evil. But yet we do it all the time. Well, pastor, I think you're going a little too far about this materialism thing. Where is our desire? Where is our heart set? What is our pursuit? So, every man has a God, even the avowed atheist. Now, I should have pulled this up. I thought about it this morning and I should have done it. But if you go back to one of the older uh, dictionaries when they used to actually define words correct, um, an old, you know, Webster dictionary and you look up um, like the term atheist, or no, 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 I'm sorry, look up the word religion, religion, and you will find this idea of someone who has a set of beliefs, and they act upon that. Now I'm paraphrasing, but think about this. A set of beliefs that they act upon. An atheist believes there is no God, and therefore that motivates them in their actions, right? If you ever met an atheist, (laughs) they're pretty adamant about their atheism. I had a professor in college who used to say, when you meet an atheist gentleman, ask him who was his professor. His point is, atheism is taught... Because we all recognize that we are created to worship, we are created knowing God according to Romans one, but we suppress that truth. And so, an atheist worships, usually his self. But even he practices a form of religion because he has a set of beliefs. Even man has a every man has a god. Even the avowed atheists. So, your God is that master passion of your life. Let me ask you for a second, church. Take a a pause here. If you fell asleep, wake back up. What is the master passion of your life? Please don't answer out loud. What is the master passion of your life? What gets you up in the morning? What motivates you through the day? Where is your heart set upon? That motivating drive. What excites you? Where's your passion? That principle, that ideal or philosophy that controls your life. What do you... I mean, guys, please don't miss this. We come to church, we do our thing, we check our box. Don't do that. Hear the Word of God. Hear this message. What? Is your passion what motivates you? What is the principle? What is the ideal? What is the philosophy that controls your life? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. And where your heart is, that's your God. Again, we don't like to talk this way, do we? Because we're good Christians. We read our Bibles. We go to church. We do these things. So, you know, it's sad to see men forsake God. Because his philosophies can't hold water. Um, they can't. Go over to Jeremiah 17. Let's, let's look a little further in this book of Jeremiah. Boy, how would you like to have been Jeremiah? You know, Preach to this wicked nation. They're in rebellion, and like Ezekiel, they're not going to listen. They're not going to hear you. They're not going to do what you say. You're not going to have any converts, but do it. Wouldn't get a whole lot in the measurement of success in our day, would he? So how many you got in your church, Preacher Jeremiah? <laughs> well, right now, none. Hmm. Probably a reason for that. Jeremiah 17, look in verse 3. Oh, my mountain in the field. I will give as plunder your wealth, all your treasures, and your high places of sin within all your borders. And you, even yourself, shall let go of your heritage which I gave you. And I will cause you to serve your enemies in the land which you do not know. For you have kindled a fire in my anger, which shall burn forever. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Man, that's a good promise right there, isn't it? And again, Jeremiah is is to give this message to the Israelites. He tells them, he warns them. And guys, again, as the Old Testament, as our example, Christian, please, hear as God's people by name, lest we should forsake God and begin to set up cisterns that hold no water. We must reset. We must refocus. We must rethink. What is our plan? What is God's plan? What is His mission for our life? Where should our focus be? Where should our passion be? That's where we find hope. Jonah 2.8 Tells us, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Perhaps, if you're following along in your New King James, it says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Why would we do that? Why would I do that? Well, let's just be honest. We're comfortable. We're complacent. And we settle. And so our heart grows dull. And instead of thirsting and drinking from the living water source that's endless in supply, We find temporary satisfaction in stale, stagnant water sources that the world offers. But just like those broken cisterns that the Israelites made for themselves, the earth has a tendency to suck it dry. Can I remind you, the world will do the same with its philosophies that we drink from it'll suck it dry. It's empty. It's broken. And God's people knew this, and we know this. We know this. Though we do not face a pantheon of false gods like the Israelites did, we face pressures from a pantheon of false values, materialism, love of leisure, sensuality, worship of self, security... Many others. The second commandment deals with idols. This may be something that most of us cannot relate to unless we include life goals that revolve around something other than God Himself. What is the object of our affections, our efforts, and our attention? Where does the majority of our time go? On what do we spend the greatest amount of our resources Today in the Word, June 14th, 1989. You know, many times in the New Testament we are warned not to fall into the same trap of the broken cisterns of man-made philosophies. Consider these texts. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ, Colossians 2.8. First Timothy 6.20 and 21 says, "Oh Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. And you know, what are we told? We're told to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's what we're told. And if we don't guard our hearts in that mission, gang, other things will capture us. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. Again, none of us are immune. None of us. Go over to James real quick. Book of James real fast. Look in James chapter 4. And look in verse 4. Now remember, this is written to believers. And listen to what he says. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you not think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? Guys, God is a jealous God in this sense. Our heart belongs to Him, and He'll not have you giving it elsewhere. This passage, and it was one of our studies, I don't know, on a Wednesday night, it's been some time back, and and I'm not sure uh, the situation other than to know, when when this was told, it just, man, it hit me. That is it. The idea in this passage of you adulterers, you adulteresses, we sell out ourselves. It would be as if you're in a hotel room with your spouse your wife your husband and you're in a committed relationship and just imagine for a second as as vile as this is for just a moment that you ask that spouse of yours who loves you and cares for you if you could have $50 and they give you $50 because they love you and they give you that $50 And you take that $50 and you go two doors down and you spend it on a harlot. And then you come back and you say, Oh, forgive me. How would your heart feel if you're the spouse that's waiting? And yet, guys, this text is saying this is what we do. When we we follow the philosophies of the world and the motivations and the passions and the things that, that lead us into broken cisterns, this is what we're doing to God. We are being adulterers. We are cheating on the one who loves us and gave his life for us. And again, I don't stand here pointing fingers I stand here amongst us with you saying, God, help us, reunite within us a a passion and a love and a desire. Help us to once again turn back to the living source of hope and water and begin to drink and to begin to thirst again for that which satisfies. Because you know what happens, gang? I know this is true because we've drank from this source. Man, it starts welling up inside you and and you can't get enough, and, and you're, you're, you're wanting to read more of God's Word. And, and you're actually starting to be really weird, guys, and you're listening to Bible messages in the middle of the week. And people think you're crazy because they get in their car with you, and all of a sudden they hear you know a message from John MacArthur, and they're like, what are you listening to? And then it begins to go a little deeper and you you start to get even a little more thirsty and excited and and you find yourself talking about it. And now they know you're absolutely insane. What are you talking about, dude? You are a buzzkill. Shush it. If they're telling you are a buzzkill, you're in the wrong crowd, all right? Just go ahead and make your way on out. Trust me on that one. I've been there. I know. But guys, this this, is this thirst and this hunger and, and, and as you begin to feed it and you begin to drink from the living source of hope and water, you, you want to share your faith and you want to tell others about Jesus and generosity comes a little bit easier. Um, it's never easy, guys. The walk is never easy. But the source from where in which you draw is light. That is a yoke that's not heavy. And you actually find that it is a lot more freeing to pursue him than the things we have pursued. Matthew 13:44 through 46 says again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has, and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Would you give up everything you own, everything in your possession right now? Would you surrender it all if God said, give it to me? And for joy over it. For joy over it. Guys, we we need to ask God to rekindle a joy for the things of God in our heart and life. I'm not telling you to go sell everything you have and and become a missionary in the Congo. But if God tells you, you sure better do it. (laughs) Or trust me, those money bags will have holes in them. this year 2017 as we close out this series of topical studies let's be reminded we are still on a mission young or old you've not crossed the finish line the finish line is glory and so if you've got an ounce of breath within your body seek him seek him serve him John seven thirty eight. he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You want to know what somebody believes? Listen. That's scripture. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I don't care what they tell you. And really, you're only going to know if you're you're around them, if if you hear them enough, if you're with them enough, if you walk with them, if you live with them, if you talk with them. This is why discipleship making is so important, guys. This is why we must do life together as Community Baptist Church. There is a knowing in this group for those of us collectively who do life together. We know each other. And let me remind you, that in spite of all of our quirks, we love one another. This is how you know your disciples of mine. Guys, if you're looking for a perfect pastor, you might as well hit the door because he ain't here. Pastor Dean, Pastor Deck, Pastor Jeremy. We ain't perfect. All right? You got your eyes on me? Let me give you a news flash. You got your eyes on the wrong person. Put them on Christ. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never fail you. I'm going to fail you. I'm human. Now, that's no excuse. Us pastors, we recognize we're going to seek to live an example before you in in, in in a way to honor God. But lest you want to point out my flaws, realize we're in this together. We're fallen. We're human. And hopefully we're growing together in the grace and knowledge of Christ as we make our way on this journey. Helping one another. Encouraging one another. Building up one another. Filling in where each other's slack. Y'all guys didn't know. Y'all had some slackness, did you? Hey, I got some too. Filling the gap, man. We should have learned this in Nehemiah. Where there was a need in a hole in the wall, somebody stepped up, didn't they? Guys, step up. Great yesterday. Woo-hoo-hoo! We were stepping it up around here. Some of these men getting together. Dick gave a good challenge in the Devo. The importance of us men, ladies, community Baptist church, God's not done yet. But man, I'll tell you what I want to see and I pray and I'm going to ask you in the closing of this message today that we collectively begin to pour out, beg, plead, just fall on our face before a holy God and plead with Him to please use us. Let us be used of Him. Let us no longer drink from the broken cisterns. Let us get refocused. Let us become energized. Let us become purposeful in the mission that He's called us to. We've got to regain sight. We've got to regain focus. And there's no doubt that's his heart and desire as he's revealed it in the pages of Scripture. This is our mission. So we've been challenged to each one reach one. Each one reach one. There shouldn't be a day, definitely shouldn't be a week that goes by That you're not asking God. Who? Who? Let's go get them. We don't go alone. Don't be fearful of man. (laughs) Trust in God. He's got somebody in your circle. And if not, be paying attention. You're going to bump into them. If you are honestly and earnestly seeking the Lord in prayer for that one, be ready. Be ready. Each one, reach one. We've also been challenged this year to make disciples. And we're still working on some of you that maybe weren't here on those two Sundays, we were taking a sheet of paper uh, that asked, Did you want to be discipled or would you like to also disciple? And you can do both. If you want to disciple someone, invest in their life, let me know. If you would like somebody to invest in your life in the way of discipleship, let me know. We're working on getting that list together and then let you prayerfully see where God might have you in helping the body of Christ be edified and grow. This is what we've been challenged on in the year. Be crazy givers! I think the decks could probably testify when they walked in the house the other day, Community Baptist Church, you did well this week. Y'all were some crazy givers. Crazy givers of your time. I know some of (laughs) y'all burned the candle at both ends. Praise God. That takes sacrifice. Family missed you. It didn't go unnoticed. Crazy givers. Talent, time, resources. Guys, this is what what your preacher is standing here before you today as collectively through these series that we've presented in the past few weeks where I truly believe God would have us to wake up and be responsive to in the marching orders for this approaching year. And, and And I'm asking you to please, please pray for me to be sensitive to His voice and be obedient to His leading that I will step out in faith no matter how difficult, no matter what oppositions may come, and that we will move forward in leading you, and that you too will be faithful in following Him. This is our challenge. So we must repent and return to your first love. that we will be cisterns of God. Not hewning out broken cisterns that hold no water. We'll get to the finish line, gang, and it will be so empty if our heart was fixed on earthly things and not heavenly things. Let's pray. Father, Lord, lead in this time of invitation. Wherever we find ourselves before you, draw us. Help us to submit to God. Help us to draw near to you. Help us to resist the devil. You said he will flee. And you promise if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Lord, draw near to Community Baptist Church as we as individuals seek your face, as we seek to submit to you, as we seek to purify our hands as sinners. And there's only one place where we can be washed, and that's through the blood of Christ. Lord, if there's anyone here that's been living apart from you, and never tasted of the living water that's found in the person of Jesus Christ. I pray today you bid them come, that they will come and drink from the only source that provides and satisfies, and that is found in the person of Christ. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to the cross. The cross of Calvary is where Christ came and shed His blood the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord so if you've never come to him in repentance and called upon his name to save you we invite you to do that you don't have to walk forward you can do it right where you are perhaps you do want to come to an altar and just kneel as a public profession God says in his word that uh, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation if you believe that Jesus is who He claimed to be and that God sent Him in this world to save you, respond to that message. And church, for us believers, in this closing prayer, let the Lord search us and try us. And may we lay the treasures of this world at the foot of the cross. And let us drink and the source of living water again. Put aside those cisterns that are broken. And Lord, help us to be faithful in following after you. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand.